Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes mischief, well, mischief. Uh, Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mischief Makers with me, Dave Hearn. Uh, And with me today, I have the wonderful Larry Piers. Hello. Hello. Now, is it Piers or Pears? It's both, and it changes depending where I am in the country. The further north I go, people kind of go, hello, Pears. He said in a Cornish accent, and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it changes, and I'm I'm really not fussed. I'll answer to it because there's only one Lawrence Piers or Pears usually wherever I am. So and it's me. So well, that's good. And there yeah. is only one, I think, sort of metaphorically speaking. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Now you know <laughs> a little bit about this podcast. I do. Um, we are kind of interviewing people from mischief. I've so had a listen. Get to know. Great. Great. And um, you know then that, uh, obviously I don't have any technical ability, and we're getting people to uh, improvise jingles. Um, but actually, before we start, before we get into the jingles, we should just say, uh, we are in different locations, but we are. us, there is some kind of building work happening. Yeah, I mean, we're linked by um, uh, by builders who just love to use drills at you know 8.30 in the morning. I actually looked it up this morning, and uh, builders can make noise from eight until six. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is I, which is annoying for actors who don't get up really before ten. It is really. I, I mean, but also I kind of I'll I'll kind of um, ping in and out of doing building work. So it's really annoying when I'm kind of in actor mode, but when I'm in building mode, I'll be like, I can keep going till six, and then I'll usually because I'm in actor mode, will have gotten up late. Uh, unlike all the other builders, and we'll kind of push the six o'clock rule into seven mm. o'clock, and then yeah, and maybe eight o'clock as well. So apologies to my neighbours. It's it's fair. It's fair. I uh, I deserve to I be think, woken up. 
it's kind of okay to push past six, I think. Maybe well, well, it's, it's, it's getting right, more light. It's getting more yeah. light at the moment as well. So it doesn't feel like it's six, which is also, um, incidentally, similar to when we previously tried to record this. Um, I didn't quite know what the time was because mm. uh, I'd gone out surfing. And I thought it was much earlier than it was. And then when I turned up, I missed our slot, uh, which I, I, th- I think I should take the opportunity to apologise for. I'm oh, sorry. Right. Yeah, so this is our second attempt. Yeah. Well, it was our first attempt because yeah. the, uh, the initial one just never happened. I'm so sorry. No, no, I no, thought, that's all right. I well, was a playing PlayStation. And I, I literally, I was, I, I jumped and went for a, a swim that turned into a surf. And then I was like, oh, I'll be fine for time, but good for time. And then I got out and I checked my phone and there was just this very polite message from you saying, hey, buddy, here, ready to go. And I was like, Oh no! Oh no! 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 And and then I thought, but wait, it's okay because of all the people who would appreciate that I was out surfing. Dave Hearn is the man; he'd be fine with that. And so I I I kind of left a tentative message trying to describe what a beautiful vista I was looking at, and you were like, "Sounds sweet. Let's do it later." And I was like, <laughs> "Thank God for that." No, anyone it was, else? It was fine. It was totally fine. I was uh, I just sort of sat eagerly at my laptop, smiling in the dark, oh, no. waiting. <laughs> <laughs> just going, don't worry, I- I'll be out in a minute. Lawrence is coming. He'll be here shortly, I'm sure. I'm I sure. Promise. He promised <laughs> So A true friend never lets a friend down. Uh, oh, God. Now, <laughs> we, um, so we, should, we should finish this discussion about what yes, never we was should. and talk about what now is. Oh, well um, said. And uh, we are going to get to know you. Uh, we're going to get to know Lawrence Piers or Pears. Now, um, <laughs> could you give me just a quick getting to know you jingle? Okay. It's Larry Piers or Pears, depending on where you're from. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Do you want the same thing? Is I listened to a previous podcast and I I had to fight preparing something because I thought you could you could prepare something it'd be really smart and I was like no don't do that because what if it's rubbish and then comparatively to the people who made it up theirs is better than yours so I thought you know just let it be man let it be I think that's good I think that's smart thank you man thank you I think um, a lot of people it tends to be the most kind of bit that people are the most self conscious about I think. No one ever kind of answers a question and goes, oh, my God, no, I shouldn't have said that. Everyone just kind of does a jingle and then sort of goes, oh, what was that? <laughs> was that good? I think I think I, I think I might need to apologize to Pearl and Dean because I think I, I nicked um, some of their music there. Or perhaps it was, mm, it was something a little rocky. Um, Did you know I I fought it. You said getting to know you, and I my in, my head instantly went to getting to know you, and I thought, no, don't do that because that that's a very obvious theft. Like mm. you know, take your thefts, dress them up differently, and push them out on stage. That's what that's that's the Lawrence Pierce Potter. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is now sort of embossed in history um, <laughs> with how you approach the theatre performance. <laughs> he said, never come up with your own material, steal someone else's, dress it up differently, push it out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and people say, ah, that's familiar, <laughs> but obviously original. Very, very original. Well, you are a very original man. 
Um, right back and, in the uh, day. Tell us, uh, actually, tell us about how you joined Mischief. How did you come to be a part of Mischief? Um, that was a curious one. That would I I kept bumping into you guys um, on on the rise of of uh, of Mischief as you were kind of going around the pub and um, Edinburgh circuit, and I think uh, we were kind of trying to put on similar fringe um stuff and i do you remember i you were at a theater and i think it was about maybe maybe 11 o'clock to coming up to 12 o'clock at night and you were painting a set mm-hmm. and um and I, I i i thought this theater was empty and i come in to to lug um a load of props out of it and uh and costumes and stuff that were going to the thimber for a show and i was doing an all-night get in there and I could hear people in this, like, uh, the backstage theatre space. And I was like, who is that? And I shifted a prop, and it was the whole Mischief team. And they, you were, like, either rehearsing or painting. And everyone was like, hey! And I was like, hey, guys! Because we we had um, connection from Lambda. And um, uh, I was uh, about two years – yeah, I was two years above you. I don't know, about two years. I was two years above you. And um, and everyone was like, hey, how you doing? And we just caught up. And that was the, that was the first time I saw you guys out on the road doing the fringe stuff. And then um, I ended up, I was doing um, tours round and about. And I was, I think I did, I, I did, was doing an American um, tour of a Shakespeare. And that was when um, Play That Goes Wrong um, kind of, you know, jumped up from the pub to the Trafalgar to the West End. And I was in the States going, oh, wow, that's really cool. I know, I know those guys. Um, and then when I got back, uh, I got a really lovely email from Adam Megiddo. Um, actually, it was a Facebook message, and uh, he just said, we're recasting for Peter Pan Goes Wrong, because obviously you guys are doing great with um, play, and that was, and your tour of Peter Pan Goes Wrong had been booked, but couldn't happen, because you now needed other actors to fill your spot, so I was part of the first kind That's of right. recasting of it, which was lovely, because it was very much you guys looking around and going, oh, who kind of would fit our show? Um, and Adam just left this really lovely message where he said um the show's really funny and it's real fun and I think you'd enjoy it and um I thought oh that's a really what a weird phrasing because that's not like oh I think you'd be good for it I think you'd enjoy it and I thought hang about I think that's yeah my chances of auditioning might be better and um but for the life of me I couldn't get out I was doing a Shakespeare up in um Ipswich and I couldn't get out of rehearsals because I was doing repertory. And um, I kept just politely asking the producer, um, who was very kind. He said, I'm just so sorry, I can't release you. And I said, oh, it's a shame. I think, I'd, I think I might get this audition if I went for it. And mm. um, I shouldn't sound so surprised. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think I might actually get the part. <laughs> um, and he, he, was, he said, I'm really sorry. Mate. I, I really can't release you. And... Um, and it was kind of getting to me because um, now and then I, I, I got back to Adam and said, I can't, I'm really sorry, I can't, you know, make it down. And he said, okay, well, you know, we're, we're doing, you know, a second round. Maybe you could come along to that. And I couldn't come to that. And he said, oh, we're doing a third round. Maybe come along just to show your face and, you know, so that you're in the mix maybe for later on. Mm. And, uh, and I thought, wow, that's, no one's ever actually been kind enough to try and, you know, get me along uh, a few times in a row. So uh, I, in the middle of an interval of one of our shows when we're performing live, the director spotted me and said, Oh, you seem a little, you seem a little, uh, you know, a little down, a little off. And I said, yeah, it's just this audition for these guys. They do great work and they're, you know, 
great comedy troupe and I'd love to do it. And she said, listen, um, I can give you the morning off from Ipswich. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And I jumped in my, like, clapped-up banger that I got from my gran and I drove from Ipswich to Cornwall. I mean, how the thing, so not to Cornwall, to London. And, and how I, I think I parked on a double yellow line down in Oval, ran in, did the audition, just read it and then ran out. And then, um, and yeah, you guys were like, oh, we're interested. Yeah, you can, you know, if you want to be in Peter Pan, you can play um, Captain Hook and Chris Bean. So it was, uh, it was really fortunate. It was really fortunate. And, um, and you know, and thank you for ever since really it's just uh it's been like the steadfast company that i work with and always like familiar faces and everyone's always lovely so oh well, we're always very pleased to have you no thanks needed i thank you for you know thundering down from ipswich for, <laughs> for 10 minutes it, it was so like the, the adrenaline was pumping the whole way i was like ah and then just parking up and just going oh god there's no time to park i'm gonna be late for this audition i'll just you know right I'll outside outside oval yeah and just went uh, <laughs> it's a ticket it's happening it's happening so how did you um how did you find the peter pan tour hmm i thought it was um it was brilliant it was i mean it was the first time i'd done let me try to think i done i'd done lots i've done i'd done lots of big theaters in in the states i'd gone round and done um like um yeah stateside and they're always there i mean the american way is kind of bigger and better and the bigger and bolder their theaters are so the, mm. but i'd never done a uk tour and i i it was i mean anyone who gets the opportunity um to do a, a tour around the uk it, it's just it's phenomenal it is a wonderful experience um you know it's a it can be a slog at the same time but you get to go to every you know, town that has a theatre or, you know, every city that has a theatre. And it's a wonderful way to see the UK because you get to integrate into the society of like the town or the village very quickly mm. because um, they want to, they want to get to know you and they want to, if, especially if it's a comedy piece, because, you know, everybody, it, it, yeah, you, you turn up in your like the, the class clown in a different, you know, in Malvern or up in Glasgow for the, for the week. And um, it, I think it's a really, great way to it sounds ridiculous I, mean, I haven't really talked about the show but it's a really great way to kind of travel because i think that's two things that i'm passionate about is going to places traveling to places but also having a connection a reason to be there yeah yeah because sometimes if you go you can feel quite like um a tourist um and but to turn up and actually have a job in the town a reason a purpose i think it changes the relationship with the place because you get to know the people quicker yeah. And that's that's lovely. And the actual show itself was, I mean, it was, uh, you know, speaking to to yourself, you know what it's like. It's you know, it can be it can be very physical and oh, it's a very, yeah. Oh, it's crazy physically. It's a insanely difficult show. It's, yeah. yeah, and then so many injuries on that show as well. Oh, crazy. And and then also just um, and then taking the the revolve the huge revolving stage for people who don't know about it, and then dumping it in a different space each week is is a mammoth task for the stage um stage crew uh, it's and like it would be um each week they you know you'd, you'd arrive and they'd already been there for a day and they were looking knackered because they brought it in and they'd they'd try yeah. and tell you what the, <laughs> they'd be like so 
the stage is there, but now it's on a slight tilt. So anything you put down on stage will roll. So be careful if anyone's got a prop that might roll. I'm talking balls. I'm talking bottles if you put them down. And you'd, you'd listen. And then as soon as the show started, you'd be like, oh, that's that's rolling away. Like, oh, it's because we're now on a slight angle. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and we'd had it break down on us a few times um, where the, the revolve would stop. But to their credit, the stage crew, <laughs> they refused for it not to turn. And you'd see, like, just these muscled men and women run in, just grab hold of it and keep and start pushing it around so the show <laughs> would continue. And it was it were really, it was art mirroring life, the Corny Polytechnic trying to finish this show and us equally trying to finish this trying show. Trying to get to the end. Trying to get to the end. And all sorts happening, you know, like points where, I mean... We weren't sure if, like, at points there was, like, clearance at the back of the theatre where the brickwork of, like, where the theatre ends and the revolve only just fitting in there. And people saying, just make sure that you do not get caught in between, you know, the clearance between the back of the theatre and the revolve because the revolve is going at such pace. It, it you know, and the, I carefully phrased, it may do your injury. And we're like, oh, it may do your injury. And then... um I think one day we're, the revolver's going at full speed and we're all running around on it. And um, the door, for some reason, someone hadn't, there was a door stopper that had been removed for maintenance and the door just opened of its own accord. And um, and we all thought, I, I think I was around the back and I saw it happen. I thought, oh God, that's gonna, it's gonna jam and it's gonna stop the revolve and the, the revolve didn't even feel it the revolve just smashed the door straight off its hinges <laughs> and it just went fly off like a full full pine door just smashing off its hinges being torn off and the revolve just calmly sailed on i went oh no well that'll be okay all right that's uh and yeah, of course the audience the morning. yeah <laughs> fix that in the morning and the audience just going oh that's that's hilarious do you do you ever get it where in a show mischief show something you do um that will equally it'll have that element of completely off the cuff and uh the audience will love it even more and part of you goes maybe we should keep that in you know mm. and it's that we, so, we had one sorry, in um in play that goes wrong i think was the um there's a bit where uh during the the clock and the barometer scene where we're holding everything up with max and robert and uh, there's a bit where I used to, as Max, used to have to kind of reach to get the phone that was ringing. And um, I was always really, really specific about where the phone had to be um, yeah. because it needed to be just enough within reach uh, that I could actually get it, but just enough out of reach that I wasn't, like, it didn't look like I was trying not to get it to make it look more dramatic. And so it was quite hard to kind of get the balance right. And then one yeah. day I, I went for it and um, I managed to, I used to do this thing where I would uh, like drag the table towards me with my foot, go to pick up the phone receiver and then accidentally knock it off. And what happened one day was that as I went to grab the table, the phone fell off and then um, I like dragged it back towards myself, picked it up and the whole receiver just came off the wire and like, <laughs> flew across the stage and yeah. but to a point where it was like th there's no there's no physical way it was like <laughs> five or six meters away from me there was no way i could get it or there was there was no option yeah. and um there was this huge ripple of laughter through the audience and then there was a silence <laughs> and then 
smatterings of laughter and then just this really I just started laughing and there was this kind of strange <laughs> feeling in the room where everyone was like oh shit what's he it's really do? <laughs> it's, it's really really gone wrong <laughs> yeah and it was such what a did you do thing I um I got some I got a kid up from the stage oh, um yeah. and improvised a sequence with him where uh I got him to go and get the phone receiver and then hand me the receiver and then just as he walked off, I called him back and put my hand out to handed him the receiver back and then put my hand out yeah. to shake his hand. Yeah. Um, and then but he was perfect because rather than swap the receiver into the other hand, he just handed me back the receiver. I shook my head, <laughs> handed him the receiver back, put my hand out to shake, and he just we just did this. Oh, oh phenomenal. <laughs> um, oh, phenomenal. And the kids didn't really quite realise what was happening. And um, the audience loved it. Yeah, and then eventually I, I pointed to his other hand and then he tried to shake my right hand with his left hand. Oh. <laughs> and then I, I just took it and sat him back down. It was very funny. Oh, it was a nice brilliant. moment. That's brilliant. Oh, but I, I think, yeah, those kind of things happen. Like I said, oh, you know, it would be great if we could keep that in, but there's just no way. Like you, I think we really yeah. weren't allowed to... Uh, I got Brings told off quite a lot for that because yeah. you know, it was a point that we're not insured for. And also the kid yeah. was definitely under 18, so it's <laughs> a bit of a nightmare. But oh, I was God. told that you managed to survive that pan tour by only, you only had one day off. And yeah, so I did. What was what was the day off for? The day off, the throat. I, um, I had, I found out that I had, um, I mean, I found out like in the last week of the tour that I had throat polyps. And, um, oh, wow. yeah. And so my voice just wasn't recovering and, and like an idiot, I, I did, there was the, the improv, um, section in, in the, in the center of the, um, Peter Pan goes wrong is a uh, hook or the Chris Beaner's hook, um, just berates the audience and tells them off for not enjoying it because the, there should be more highbrow. There should be a, they should be a higher brow audience. They should enjoy what they're seeing. Mm. And um, and it's great because then the audience start to shout back, and you know it becomes Chris Bean's worst nightmare, which is a pantomimic response of people going, "Oh no, it isn't." He was like, "No, it's not a pantomime. It's not. Stop it, all of you. Stop it." And you find yourself shouting over the audience, and I just kept that, I kept doing it, and I found that my voice was just like not recovering, not bouncing back, and I was doing everything. I was doing my warm up, was doing my technique, and and it wasn't bouncing back, and. I um it started it got to the point ridiculously where I would be on vocal rest for the entirety of the day from you know from the moment I woke up to the um to the moment I got to the theater I wouldn't speak and I got pretty good at it where I'd um I'd just be could go into a coffee shop with like seeing that I couldn't speak and would just order a coffee or, I mean, yeah, coffee. That was my problem. I kept drinking too much coffee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like I go into a bar, order three neat whiskeys without speaking, and, and would you believe it? Sand. Bo- a pint of sand, a gargle for an hour. Um, no, and I, uh, and that was the only way I could get through. I just keep doing that and wouldn't speak. And everyone on the cast was so supportive. They just, you know, <laughs> uh, Fred Gray, another Missy uh, guy. He said it was great because you'd have a whole series of whistles that would you know um would have meaning but the problem was no one else in the cast had any idea what the whistles meant or had a key for them and so you just try and listen to see if they were positive to yes or no um 
but that that the day before we did a two show and my voice I woke up at eight in the morning and it just I just I was trying to make any kind of noise and there was no noise being made and um I I just had to make the call so I um uh, so I gave a text said that my voice is gone I need to have the day and then Harry Kershaw um who you've, you've probably already had on haven't you have you had Harry mm, yeah 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 and he uh bless him is this, like, <laughs> is this his famous understudy yeah. role yeah, it's amazing. It was who he, I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I want to cast aspersions on Harry's prep for it. He did it. He did it. He he did tell me every day that he didn't want to go on for it. He said he had his part and he was happy to play his part. So I wasn't to go off. And you've never seen another actor puppeteer another actor more on to get him to the stage. You'd be like, "You sound fantastic, Larry. Off you go." And I'd go on and I'd do it. And then this one time I said, "It's just gone," and he he nodded. And um, I think he he went away, and um, uh, I'm not sure if he was sick, but I think he he was it wasn't he wasn't um, completely comfortable. But he did it like an absolute trooper. He went on. And he, I think yeah, he was hungover, wasn't he? He what he was hungover. He yeah, <laughs> he'd been out the night before. And he said the thing was there. He said we'd gotten so far into the tour, and you hadn't gone off. He goes, and your voice had sounded terrible. And he goes, and then. This you you sounded strong for this one week, so I thought I could go out in the town. So he did, and they came in, and I I I held up a little <laughs> a notepad saying I can't speak, and he and he went, okay, um, one second, and I went and he threw up, and then he came back and he went, okay, right, um, okay, I'll do it. He said I'm contractually obliged to do it, so I will. <laughs> and I was like, what a trip! And I, so I stayed with him for the day, and um just dressed myself in blacks and became one of the crew members um, or should I say faux crew members. And um, literally as soon as he came off stage, we'd walk him to his next um, costume change and just hand him the props, which was half the battle. I think if you're understudying is you can do the bit on stage, but it's knowing the journey backstage and knowing who not to bump into, especially in a mischief show, because there's yeah, so sure. much happening. Yeah. So much happening behind stage. And there's so many little bits where someone will run, directly at you and you you don't know which side to slide to if it's the left or the right and it's stuff like that that will catch you out and but he did an amazing job and um and also with harry's eyesight i i did think have i killed a man when i pushed him on the final <laughs> scene and there was the revolver i remember seeing him just it was like i don't know it was like a cruel experiment pushing a gerbil into a trap that it or a new system, a maze that has no idea how to kind of weave through. But he did it. He just, I could see him just like bumping into bits on set and still running. And and then he managed to come on and do the last lines. And then, and I was so proud of him. He'd done such an amazing job to master, yeah, to, to, to do that, to to do an understudy part with a mystery show on tour is incredible. Because I think, yeah. you know, the, the rehearsal time on that is minimal to none really i mean yeah it, it, and that's not through lack of planning it's just through a tour strips you of time and energy and you know if the reset you know um arrives late or something like that then your rehearsal time is gone and so it, yeah kudos to harry kershaw for, for being able to do that i think uh that pan tour was um sort of full, full of sort of very resilient people I think or mm. at least became very resilient once <laughs> once it finished I mean I mean prep wise it for any other show after that I've been you know I've been fine because you just 
people like people you'd see other actors stressing over a prop being lost and you'd be like are you are you bleeding (laughs) are you bleeding are you conscious then you're fine you're fine get up you're fine (laughs) i think the thing that you say as well about kind of backstage stuff um because I think what ends up happening is people kind of get very used to their their kind of routine, and I think with uh, yeah with that particularly with the mischief show, the backstage track, the kind of backstage dance is is as much oh, a part yeah. of the show as it is in front. But it's equally. Did you find it equally more challenging on tour? Because I know the venues change so much. Yeah, you'd it would you'd have that element where your dressing room would be three stories. Um, up instead of one story from the stage and you know then you'd find that the the old cue that you had that would a, a, allow you to you'd be listening on the tenor and that would allow you to arrive at the space to walk on on time was now 15 to 20 seconds out which would mean you and you'd learn that pretty quick I mean so it was weird when you'd walk around a space you became a proper pro at it walking around and just like timing up sizing up timing differences because the timing on those shows of getting in and out of one costume or putting on a safety harness for something else would would mm. always it would it could just throw you and it was actually that reminds me because I'd never I'd never had to wear a safety harness on pan but I did on um comedy about a bank robbery did I tell you I did I tell you about the pants thing on on comedy about a bank robbery Have I mentioned that to um, you before no I don't think it, so it, is there's a scene in in comedy back back where they're robbing the bank and that's another mischief show and 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 uh, there's a pants um skit where everybody's getting pants swapped down around because all playing different people and it was i did it for three months and um i came in and uh, i i had to wear a safety harness because i had to climb um up this ladder that led me to the roof um and you you then shuffle out on um uh, on this air vent, this faux air vent that the audience could see up into, and um, and with one thing or the other, the, I mean, the dance on that show was uh, also the backstage dance was so precise because there was so little room to move, um, yeah, as you know. Then. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. And do you, do you know there's a bit where um, you just uh, I'm in a room and I and um, uh, a grate is meant to fall down and hit um is it shuck in the face and it knocks him out and then everybody climbs on the table, climbs through the air vent that's just Mm. been opened and then we go into the next scene. Well, the air vent, it didn't open. It didn't didn't open and fall and hit uh, Jeremy uh, Lloyd, who was playing the part at the time, in the face. And so Mm. he's just... He's just making it up. He's just going, I think the line is, I am the law. You will. And he just started to go, I am the law. And there was no more to the line. So he started to go, I am the law. I am the law. I am law. (laughs) And and I literally just looked at him and went, I thought, thought, I'm going to have to just, he'll be be all right with this. Because we both went to the same night drama school he'll know that i'm about to throw him a fake punch so i just i lent in and fake punched him and he went and it, he took it like a champ you couldn't have rehearsed it better he flew backwards and just no he was looking for anyone to give him an excuse just to get knocked out and stop screaming his line just to get think, down. yeah he just wanted to get down but i think at the same time um mike Bodie was on stage with me and we mm. both did a fake punch on him at the same time and like without looking at each other, we both did a fake punch. So he really went flying. Um, and then we uh, 
and we're like, thank God. We're, and we, we, we tried to get out of the scene, but we couldn't. Uh, and uh, then Mitch ran on and just said, hey, guys, come down this way. I found another way to get through the bank. And we all ran out and it was great. And I was like, oh, thank God. That, that, that's all completely solved. And then I realized that in, in the bag that I'd left in that scene were the, were the pants that I needed to put on for the next scene that would fit perfectly over the safety harness and that I, I, didn't, I couldn't go on in the trousers that I had on because the safety harness, there was no holes for it to fit through. I'm, I'm standing there just about to go on stage and, and it's quite a, a, like a little <laughs> a mischief decision where I look up at... Um, Mitch, the guy playing Mitch, and he goes, "What are you? What are you going to do?" Uh, and I was like, um, "I just won't. I won't wear any pants for it." Uh, and by pants, I'm talking like the American man. So I just took off my trousers, and we, uh, and it turned into a really weird um, <laughs> art kind of copying life and life copying art, where uh, the, the whole I just wandered on with no trousers on, just in in my boxer shorts with uh, a harness on. <laughs> And everyone, and, and was it Mitch turned to me and went, hey, Cooper, what happened to your pants? And I went, uh, they was chafing me. And he nodded and we just continued with the scene. But no, none of the other actors knew what was going on. They kept coming on and just observing that I wasn't wearing any trousers. And they go, huh. And uh, yeah, I think it was a good little in, in-house joke for the rest of the, the, rest of the show. <laughs> People just kept catching a, a look at me in my boxer shorts and going, hmm. Interesting sure. choice. Interesting this guy's choice. Got no trousers. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird stuff like because that happened to us actually when Jez was on um, a similar thing where the 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 grate didn't fall and we had to give him a punch. And, oh god! Uh, it was very very funny. And so I think that might be why he was just ready for it because he was probably yeah. in his mind being like, "Someone yeah. please punch me." But I think <laughs> that knew, ended up yeah. being the the contingency. Yeah, he was like three steps ahead on that one, just going, punch me, punch me, punch me, punch me, punch oh, me. <laughs> just screaming out, I am the law, and giving heavy eye contact to everybody on stage with him. <laughs> but that whole trial down thing in um, in bank robbery, how it came about was because we, uh, when we didn't actually have it in the original draft. It wasn't until we started rehearsing it. And it was in sort of week three of rehearsal, we were kind of getting to that end bit. And we had... Um, <laughs> We had Sam without trousers and we had Cooper without trousers. And I remember yeah. us going, we, we've, they're, they're imitating free boys. We've got to get free boys' trousers off. <laughs> and I think we dedicated an entire, probably not an entire two days, but what, what was nearly <laughs> a full two days rehearsal. And it was really hard because we were like, why would, why would he take, take his, his pants off? off? Yeah, like why? And why would somebody else try and take his trousers off? You kind of get... <laughs> <laughs> that Cooper Cooper's turned up in disguise and forgotten his trousers, so he takes the trousers off someone else. Great, we're minus one pair of trousers, but then we need to somehow lose another pair. And I really remember, obviously, you know, we can generate as many ideas as we want, but the writers, um, Henry, Henry, and and, and Jono, Johnny, ultimately yeah. are the ones that sort of have to make the decision and, and put it on the page. And I remember all of us finding it really funny, and Shields was quite against it. And he was really like, no, this is stupid. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. And um, he, he didn't like begrudge us to, to spend this no. much time on it. Cause we were just like, how do we get free boys trousers off? <laughs> and we, we came up with so many crazy ideas and Shields had just kind of sat in silence watching this rehearsal. And just after about, I don't know, about an hour of him just like staring at the stage, sort of resting his, his chin on his hand and just looking <laughs> quite despondent, just went, Oh no! 
I'm like what? And he's like, I figured it out. I'm yeah. like what? And he's like, right. You come in here, you do this, da da da, and then Mitch comes over and says, "I thought we'd discussed. You need to take off your trousers." And he thinks Free Boys is Cooper. He thinks he's talking to Cooper, and he rips his trousers <laughs> off. And then he did it, and we all watched him do it, like walk us through it. And everyone just went, "Oh my god, that's it!" And he just sort of like was really upset and just went, "Yeah, I know. That's how he ripped <laughs> his trousers off." And then went and sat back down. <laughs> and that's I was really phenomenal. proud of him. Because I yeah. was just like, oh, well done, mate. Like, you've really committed to, he really wasn't sure about it. And then That's so good. Once it's An in, idea it's that like, you're great. not, yeah. An idea that you're not psyched about, then finding a solution for and going, right, this bit that I don't really think should be in this show is now in the show because I found a solution. Yeah. Oh, God. And it was, was really <laughs> for him. But I'm so glad it's in the show. But then also, it's, it's one of the moments that caused... I think one of the worst blunders in mischief history, um, which was shields. You must've heard about this shields coming on for a a scene too early and starting the scene too early. Oh no, you did tell me this. Yeah. Oh God. A quick explanation for those who haven't heard this one, because we tell it all the time in Q and A. So people (laughs) have probably heard it, but it was, there's, there's basically a very complex sequence where loads of people are coming in and out of doors uh, in a bank and they're all, disguised this character mr free boys and as letters explained a lot of them aren't wearing trousers and um the scene in which uh henry shields character mitch comes out and argues with mr free boys because he's mistaking him for for one of his um, accomplices in disguise he goes he says well, i thought we discussed you're going to take off your pants and he goes to rip his pants off but there's about th- this scene with henry shields and henry lewis kind of starts like three times there's like yeah. three similar scenes and Shields just jumped to the last one on the first one. And Henry oh, Lewis God. wasn't wearing the rippable trousers. And um, oh, Shields God. just came out and was like, what are you doing? I thought I told you to take off your pants. <laughs> and Hen was just like, what? And he's like, yeah, take <laughs> off your pants. He was like, no, I want to take off my pants. And Shields was like, take off your pants. He's and like, he's wearing non-rippable trousers at this point. He's just got giving him, trousers Giving him eyes, just going, what are you doing? Are you able like, to just know. rip normal trousers off? Oh God! And I just looked at Hen because I was under the set waiting to do all the sound effects and stuff. And I just looked at Hen, and Hen was like trying his hardest not to laugh. Oh, and I saw the beat where Shields realised what he'd done, and he just went oh, translucent. God. He just went completely see through, and he was just like, oh. "Oh, bless him!" And then we just kind of he said something, and then I think Hen was like, "Get out of here!" And just walked off stage, and Shields <laughs> ran off, and then we sort of scrambled to start the next scene um and then backstage we're all just like okay we need to, we need to do this this and you're just trying to immediately just it's like yeah. you're blind trying to put a jigsaw together oh god but you, yeah you know what the pieces feel like and you know where they're meant to go but you just can't see it and yeah. um then we we were just she was just like no 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 I'm, I'm just gonna we'll just go as normal and i'll just repeat the scene um and, and then they did they came out and just replayed the scene and i think in the confusion because the the show runs yeah. at such speed yeah. Yeah, it was kind of okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was kind of. It's a of really a farcical, yeah, because that is moment a, yeah. It'd be a curious one to just to you always kind of do just want to check in with the audience and be like, did you? What did you see? Did you see? Actually, I mean, you're curious about it in the moment, and then as soon as the show's done, and if if they've applauded, you're like, it's fine. I think we got away with it. But I, yeah, you know, and nine times out of ten as well, people are just like, oh, the bit with the trousers very funny yeah and you're just like yeah. exactly 
Yes, um, yes. Thank you, thank you. Right, we're coming up to... We're going to have to move on now to questions okay, from right. the web. Oh, um, right. Where we're going to answer some questions that have been tweeted in by fans. Um, by so fans. Could you give us a questions from the web jingle? Questions from the web, questions from the web. It's the big, dark, scary internet questions, questions from the web. Very Don't know nice, why I went lovely scary. Vibrato on there. Thank you, man. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, well, you know, I mean, I practiced a little, but you know, not the well, song. These questions but... are very scary. Oh, God. Um, uh, no, I should have really lent into there. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first one is uh, from uh, DDW. Hello, um, DD. And DD asks, uh, what is your uh, favorite uh, role to cover in Magic? Oh. And what is the hardest? I think um, the hardest is, I'll start with the hardest, it's it's yours, Dave. And that's just because I'm second cover for that. And that mm. also kind of got shuffled on, because um, originally I was just doing uh, uh, Sophisticato and Mind Mangler, which is um, Henry Lewis's and um, Shields. Um, and that was, I'd already had that down. And that was already quite a lot to get down. And then... Um, yeah, yours purely because it was because I suppose I'm not the the tip of the spear on this show, and also I'm not the I'm not the backup spear either. I'm the backup backup <laughs> spear, and and that kind of means that spear. yeah, and so <laughs> third spear carrier who doesn't come on that often. But dear God, I mean, as we learned, um, um, as uh, coronavirus got further and further uh, closer to us, and um, illnesses just picked up all over that um because i remember you got what now were you off or were you ill i can't remember because you don't you don't get ill much and even no, when I you're had, ill i had uh, i went to i actually on. went to cornwall for for a week oh, that's my right. Italy trip yes. got cancelled that's right that's right you went to cornwall because yeah and you did you have a nice time i never asked was it nice I had a lovely time, and oh, I'm, I'm desperate to go back. It's such a well, wonderful mate, place. When you when you're down at the Minac with yeah, look at that. We can advertise uh, Mischief Movie Nights when you Mischief um Minac Theatre. I'll um yeah, I'll definitely come down and, and show you show you around because that you're in an absolute dream of a place down at the Minac. Mm, that's going to be really so nice. lovely. Although I um, think we have to be in a strict bubble. We're not allowed. To oh, of course, we can explore, well, but only within our sort of pack. In, oh, your your pack. I can. Yeah. What could I do? I can. Um, I think you can join. I'll come and kayak. Have to be uh, yeah. socially distanced. Sure, that's all right. Well, I can also because down there is an amazing. It's just absolutely a phenomenal um, countryside and like the. Have you have you been down to like Lands End that area? Yeah, I went to Lands End and I actually went to the Minac, but a massive storm hit when I went to the Minac, oh, which was very cool. Yeah, um, it's very cool. But it was meant to be the first day of the season opening, sort of towards the middle of March. And yeah. um, it was like a, a university production of, I mean, you want it to be The Tempest, don't you? But it was yeah. something like um, Midsummer Night's <laughs> Dream, Dream or Taming <laughs> of the Shrew or something. Yeah. And it was really like, oh, well, that's, oh, wow. that's definitely going to be cancelled. because There's nothing better than insane. yeah, a, st- a storm um, cracking out there on a show that actually, like if I think I've seen Macbeth there when a storm, a proper thunderstorm with lightning um, occurred. And that was... That was pretty epic. And then I saw a version of somebody doing um, a, a, like a, a very jazzy number and they were doing a tap dance on on like on a raised portion 
of the Minak stage and there was lightning started to strike in the background and you just saw this this person dancing in the rain with steel toe cap you know uh tap shoes on just start to speed up get faster and faster and faster (laughs) i need to get off stage now really really quickly and they finished the tap routine and just left the stage and they went uh ladies and gentlemen there'll be a short interval and you're like yeah i I don't blame them and but they you know they they rarely do they cancel um oh god i'm i I, i've realized I've, i've completely moved in a tangent far far away from the question that dd asked um yours yours is the most tricky um because of the uh magic tricks just because um once i can rehearsal time for that is uh minimal with the actual props just because we have to make sure that dave's sharp for it and then also sydney lovely sydney Mm. is um also once again sharp for it um and then i suppose also that was actually i think it was was that the last show we did before it shut i did um before we mothballed was um i'd done I, I did three characters in three days. I covered um, uh, Sophisticato, then I did My Mangler, and then I did uh, Blade. And um, that, going into the water tank, um, I mean, thank God we'd rehearsed as much as we had done because it was, mm. it was uh, yeah, it was tricky. It was tricky. It was just um, elements of that water tank. It's just, oh, you can I get remember a bit. feeling, because um, after I'd done it, I, I, I find the training for the water tank really uh difficult but you kind of get used to it after a while yes but i remember yeah. feeling pretty good after the first time you went in i think you were in for quite a while um but then even even you, when you came out you were slightly ashen and you were just yes that's oh, that that not pleasant I, <laughs> yeah i think it was when um i'd been in the week before and uh, gone under and um just the poundage of water that's kind of pushing down and you can it's mm. it's fine as as you know it's completely fine if nothing goes wrong Whereas yeah. if something goes wrong, if you get a little bit of water that pours into your mask, then you know straight away, like you're 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 kind of it's like yeah, you know, it's very unpleasant very quickly. Um, and that I could feel water just dripping in through the side of the mask, and I was I was like, okay, okay, I'll uh, I need to you know take my time with this, make sure it doesn't you know. Uh, and then finally, we like we finished it. And uh, they pulled me out, but I was pretty ashen. And I came up and I was like, okay. So the other two were, um, I'm far more um, comfortable with, I suppose, because I can rehearse the tricks in, like in my room. I can literally just sit there with a card trick. And also with my mangler, I can just sit and practice the close-up magic elements of it. Um, Mm. Whereas with Dave, you just, you just love throwing knives and, and, uh, a lot of actual danger. <laughs> a lot of actual danger. <laughs> it's uh, it's the simplest. It's the clearest track all the way through. Once you've done it, it's the clearest yeah. you can yeah to, to actually run very it. Easy. And, yeah, and what I love also is I I knew as soon as I went on for it, Sydney said just watch it, buddy, because Dave runs the whole the whole track. So it, like as soon as he walks off stage, he's not walking; he's running, and uh, and the timing is affected by that. So you do have to run to costume, run to that. Everything is. And I was like, Dave Hearn coming in, inventing a track where he just does everything really, really quickly when he could have just been, you know, oh, guys, can you just give me five more minutes? I was like, no, no, Dave will just run between them all. No, and so, uh, it's because there's not enough room backstage for <laughs> any of my quick changes. And yeah. I've got just enough time to get back to the dressing room to do a quick yeah. change and then come back yeah. to stage. So it's just like, 
that kind oh, of horrible sort of six of one half a dozen problem <laughs> where you're just kind of like ah oh, i could yeah okay yeah i can i can sprint back to my dressing yeah. room get changed and sprint back and yeah. they're like okay great good well that's solved. yeah like, brilliant yeah. thank you and you're like ah oh, <laughs> don't worry i'll do it for you it's fine <laughs> oh, well that's good okay so um that was difficult and um the others are your favorites Haley pineapple asks oh um, name. do what? you think she's called pineapple no i think that might be her twitter name but maybe it oh, is i mean i'm called pears yeah that's so, true but I'm sure i need to stop pulls. doing this where I, I, I literally react to people's names because I did that as Sophisticati. Were you there for that show where I invited someone up on stage and they went, <laughs> I mean, it's very unprofessional. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just because I was kind of in the moment and I just reacted to myself sometimes. And mm. uh, someone went, I said, what's your name? Because I have to spell it out. And the guy was like, um, Michael Cherry. And I went, Cherry? And he went, yes. And I went, really? I went, he went, yeah. And I went, ah. Oh. My last name's Pears. And I just went, it's, no, it's not. It's Sophisticado. And I was like, well, you could be Sophisticado. Pears is completely fine. You can get away with it. It's all right. Just but, breeze um, through it. Absolutely. I just breezed through it. And I was like, huh. But at that point, I was, uh, I think I was just still doing that whole, it's weird when you do like improv like that though, isn't it? Yeah. You, just, you will just react to, you just try and be honest. And then also in the moment and somebody's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I had a guy when I asked the guy's name to, for help with the trick. He said his name was Dave, yeah. and I was yeah. just, mm, it's a good name, mm, good name, <laughs> man. It's like a snap. I say snap. Quite like a I weird say snap sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Haley Pineapple asks. Um, her question is actually food based. Uh, strangely enough, she says, um, "What food have you uh, never eaten but you would really like to try?" I. I know that there's um, – I was watching a food program the other day, and I know that in Europe we actually receive – we've got some very standardized um, – our, our fruit department is um, – we kind of think that we've got all the fruits, that they all just, like, you know, appear and, and stuff that's quite random where you're like, oh, plantain. Oh, that's – you know, that's that's a little bit different. Um, whereas there's there's actually hundreds of fruits that don't make it over here because they're not – commercially like it's they'd have to kind of push a few barriers with the west because mm. um some of them smell terrible some of them um some of them like smell terrible but taste fantastic and i think basically i'd i'd probably love to if i was like yeah out east i'd love to go around a market and just try a lot of the fruits there that because i was looking i was like there's so much there that it like is the shape of a cherry but the taste of an orange and like there's I think that would be. Um, I haven't got a specific name, but yeah, just dump me in a in a mar- in a market in the There's east tonight. Yeah, a lot of strange fruit. <laughs> okay, good. And yeah. keeping with the kind of pineapple pears theme, this is good. Zing, very good. Um, ben asks, <laughs> um, "What do you love about working with the original Mischief Company?" Obviously, this is a loaded question because it's very know, loaded. It. <laughs> <laughs> Did she really ask that, Dave? Or no? No. Um, I think I've been I've been dying to work with you guys for a, like a while because I just I'd come in and it'd been wonderful to take over on a project and you know have your like a a mixture of a stamp putting your own because you guys what's different about mischief with a, like a, a West End show or a show that's um, quite big is that you guys will give an awful lot of freedom to the new performers who come in 
which is an insane um, kind of opportunity for, for, for any actor or actress who's having a crack at it because usually that's not given on big budget West End shows. They're usually very specific about where you stand. Usually everything's kind of blocked off. Um, you know, you've got like a, the stage is divided up like a chessboard and you get told where to stand and you might get a little bit of freedom in how you deliver the line, but with mischief, you know, the part is yours and you can within reason do what you like. Um, I think I was really excited to work with you guys on it and also just see how it got put together. That was one thing I really wanted to do. I wanted to see how you guys shaped your show. And um, it was, it was, yeah, it was a real privilege to see it go up in the, to see magic um, go up in the time that it did. And uh, just the experience and the professionalism and, yeah, and all, yeah, and also just the friendships in it were, were really lovely, and yeah, it was it was what I expected, and um, but also far more, far more relaxed with each other than I I would have thought, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just <laughs> it was just very calm and just you know, and and like seeing what everyone brings to this to the company uh, as individuals is really interesting, and just seeing as you know, seeing how that works and plays off it. And having like the three boys, um, the three writers would be quite, you know, the heads are kind of quite down on the uh, the writing of the project and the shape of it. And then I think I would say probably, oh, I'm putting myself deep. I would say uh, you, you've got a, a, a kind of a class clown element to you where you'll come in and you'll lighten everything. You kind of keep everything light and keep everybody happy. You kind of morale gel. Captain. Yeah, you're a morale captain. <laughs> you're a morale, you just come around, bouncing around asking everyone telling jokes um and then like just looking after people as well and nancy does that nancy's got a real um like she'll she'll make sure that that people are looked after um whomever um and just really tries to keep that element of you know so like for christmas i couldn't get back here for christmas and i just arrived in my dressing room and there was a, a little morale pack that she prepared with, I think, uh, Roxy, who was also in the show. Mm. And I was like, that was just such an insanely lovely thing to do that didn't need to be done. And um, it was that elements like that. And, uh, yeah, just as much as possible, because obviously we, we're working in, like, you know, it's a professional environment, but as much as we can, people, you know, you've got to try and keep up the elements of fun. I mean, it's called a play for a reason. Everyone's got to be, you know, have fun with it. So... Yeah, that was that was something I um I found um yeah it was just how just watching you guys as a group as a cohesive group work because I was I wanted to um as I mentioned earlier like thieve that and see if I could dress it up differently and push it out on stage but that's um <laughs> that I I was yeah still really impressive to watch that yeah oh that's good. Yeah, that's a good thing to bring us on to the final section Beautiful. of uh, of the interview, which is the quick fire section. Um, so, could you give us right. a okay. quick, quick fire. fire jingle? Oh, quick fire jingle, quick fire jingle, bang, 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 bang. Nice, nice. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's bang into quick fire. Here we go. Okay. Um, what right. is your favourite colour? Red. It's not. Text- it's purple. Purple. Sorry. <laughs> Texting or talking? I freaked out. Uh, talking, definitely talking. Uh, if you were an animal, what would you be? A zebra. Uh, if you could describe yourself as a dessert, what would you be? An eclair, chocolate eclair. Is a Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? It's cake. 
Scientifically proven for tax reasons. Everyone knows that. Describe yourself in three words. Hairy, tall, um, hesitant. <laughs> Very good. If you were one of the 52 playing cards, which would you be? I'd be the Jack of Spades. Nice. Uh, what is in your pockets right now? That's a good question. Um, Lint. Perfect. Lint. What is your favourite film? Uh, I It changes all the time. Um, uh, what did I watch the other day? Oh, there was something that I really wanted to champion that I thought was really good and that people have seen. I watched The Green Mile with my mate the other day and it still holds up. Very good. Um, still very holds good. up. Still holds up. Uh, and finally, who would be the best mischief person to be trapped on a desert island with? I reckon I know. Actually, I know this. I know this hands down because I've said this in the past. Is not an original company, but Sydney. Sydney. Sure. Okay. Would I've said this because Sydney would, um, and I, he won't mind me saying this because I've said this to his face. He would be one the reason that the plane crashed on the island, mm-hmm. and two, he'd. Um, You'd feel like you'd be helpless with him, but somehow you'd come back and he would have made like a waterfall um, into like, uh, like it'd be like the Swiss family Robinson. He'd have just turned it into a turbo and you'd have this huge tree house and the birds would love him like flying down and like you'd have like parakeets and, uh, and he'd just be like, Hey man, look at this. This is really cool. And you'd be like, Sydney, how is that? Oh, I just found it. Oh, and like, he's just, he's got such a lovely, um, way with him that yeah he just charmed the island and the island would look after him because we're like oh, he's all right yeah keep an eye out on Sid. very good keep, yeah and Boom. um i think that is yeah that is all we've got time for thank you look very much uh, thank you ladies and gentlemen That's... for listening thank you thank you very much but more importantly thank you very much for larry pears or pears uh, for giving up your time uh, i've been dave hearn and you uh, have been Larry Pears. And you have Pears. been listening to <laughs> uh, the Mischief Makers podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Mischief Comedy. Thank you very much and keep making mischief. Hey. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.